Hello, guys. I'm Eddie, your Agile coach. Yeah, this is my slogan uh, in my every video. And I'm now a project manager working in a game company who takes charge of organizing project development and lead a team to take Scrum and Kanban practices. I was once a software engineer, a Scrum master, and now a project manager. In fact, I have many takes on me. And today, I'm glad to invite David to join this episode and share his ideas about the topic, building psychological safety in agile teams. Hi, David. How about introducing yourself first? Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Andy. I'm excited to be here. Uh, my name is David. I'm an agile coach, uh, project manager, senior project manager, had uh a significant project management experience over two decades mm -hmm. now. Worked across different industries in project and program management. Uh, been involved in digital transformations, uh, cybersecurity, digital transformations. Actually, uh, one of my major forte. Uh, been involved also in coaching teams uh, in agile mm -hmm. methodologies uh, across the continents. I have worked in Africa and now I am in the United Kingdom uh, and I've also worked, uh, done some remote work across the Middle East, but totally remote and, and far and small and in between. So I've, I've got all of those wonderful experiences. I've also, I also do spiritual uh, coaching work and I mm -hmm. also help individuals find uh, purpose and direction uh, uh, as, as a personal vocation for me. So I'm excited mm -hmm. to be here and thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when it comes to um, coaching a team, I bet your experience must be, uh, must be uh, more senior than me. So um, <laughs> I really expect your sharing today. And yeah. yeah, well, when I was investigating today's topic, there were many memories popping up in my brain because in yeah. HR methodologies, we usually don't um, already emphasize the importance of the term. But it is such an important one that might impact how you build a self-organized team. For example, uh, when I was a Scrum Master, I always had to protect the team from being interrupted by our manager because I know um, she was used to demand and control that often caused members to get passive to selected tasks. And I would be separate from the process as I had to reach a balance between the manager and the team to ensure the team could deliver working software in an iterative and incremental manner. You know, I believe wherever you are, you need a sense of security to empower yourself and make mistakes without fear. And that is exactly the topic we're going to talk about, psychological safety. So, David, how about sharing your ideas with us? What is your psychological safety to you? What is your definition about that? Yeah, psychological, psychological safety is something I'm very passionate about, particularly uh, within agile teams. Uh, mm -hmm. no, no, the reason for that uh, is that without safety, there can be no productivity. There can be no true productivity. Uh, if people don't feel safe, it's one of the basic uh, uh elements of human existence, one of the mm -hmm. basic backgrounds that people yeah. need 
to have as a support system. It, it's a major deal. It's a major dimension of human existence. Um, safety is a component of the human spirit or the human soul that enables man to explore. If, yeah. if, if we are not safe, the conversations of expansion... The conversations mm. of growth, the co conversations of wealth, the conversations of greatness, the conversation of of uh, exploring for new frontiers cannot happen. There are only two modes to be with respect to this as a human being. You're either in the fear mode or the safety mode. When mm. you're in the fear mode, survival is the name of the instinct that comes up, whether at an individual level, at a team level, or at a corporate level, or at a national or governmental level, and also at uh, a global level. For example, during the pandemic, the whole world was in survival mode. So everybody was in survival mode. Uh, biology says organisms tend to shrink. We tend mm -hmm. to conserve. We don't want to yeah. explore. The, mm. the safe mode or the safety mode is the mode of faith, is the mode of, is the mode of exploration, is the mode where we want to try out new things, where we want to innovate, where we want to create, where, where we want to be more productive. So you, can, you can't be in the two modes simultaneously. So I'm passionate about teams and individuals within the agile community and, and with, the, with the stress of business and all the attendant, attendant challenges that accompany business success and prosperity, I am passionate about how do we engineer safety, particularly psychological safety within teams so that our release trains, our Agile machines or agile teams, in quote, can deliver more value in an ongoing sustainable manner. Mm -hmm. So I'm passionate about that. The other thing is that psychological safety for me, therefore, is the mental space, the psychological space, mm -hmm. the tangible, effectual calibratable place that a team will be where they are not punished for making mm -hmm. mistakes, for trying out new things, basically for attempting to succeed. Because when you attempt to succeed, things happen. When you mm -hmm. attempt to, to do better things, mistakes happen, people fall yeah. victim, circumstances mm -hmm. change, at the end of the day, are people sufficiently safe to succeed? Yeah. That is psychological safety. And it is calibratable. It is palpable. Everyone on the team knows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's, that's my definition and, and my, my, my uh, sort of philosophy around the subject. Yeah. Thanks for your assurance. You have mentioned many... Um, elements and keywords in your in your descriptions. I, I heard uh, we, we should be uh, feel safe, and it is a basic element uh, in an effort team. And um, yeah, you, you even mentioned 
some some elements to um to continuous improvement. For example, um, uh, people should not be punishment or whatever um, whatever uh, they they voice out because they need uh they, they need uh respectful suggestions something like that and we need a free mental space to allow mistakes to happen yeah right so um you know for most people even for me now cannot cannot give it a clear definition because uh, we might state a scenario from different perspectives like uh, their voices are heard they feel respectful when proposing their ideas or let them directly point out problems without fear. Of course, these are, for, these are some forms of psychologically safe workplace. But I want to share my investigation before the episode. And this, this was from a professor in Harvard University, Amy Edmondson. She coined the term psychological safety as a belief that one will not be punished are humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes. Yeah, um, her, this, her definition um, is, is pretty similar to what you have mentioned. So yeah, I feel very surprised, I feel very surprised about uh, your sharing <laughs> regarding this, yeah. So, um, you know, in the, in the Scrum framework, we emphasize five values and two of them is openness and respectful. That sounds a little abstract to people who just know it because as I became a Scrum Master before, I, I've tried to encourage members to expose problems as possible as they could because we know Scrum cannot solve problems, but Scrum can help us expose problems, right? But I found a weird phenomenon. Yeah, most people tend not to speak up or just message me what they were thinking of in Asia. I'm not sure if similar uh, conditions happen uh, in the UK or in other country in Asia. We're used to hiding our ideas inside our mind because we decide being criticized or devalued. So at the time, I felt disappointed with, this, with the situation because it's been existing for a long time and I had to be the enabler to speak out first. Therefore, I want to know the reasons that make this happen. What is the underlying logic that motivates individuals to share more about their thoughts and feedback? Have you ever uh, came across similar things before? How do you recognize that and improve it? Your question is, so that I will answer the question. And, and by the way, you're very right about your observation. Your mm -hmm. question is, what are the factors that I have observed before that make people feel psychologically safe, right, in teams? This is your question, I mean, right? No, no, my question is, have you ever come, uh, come across um, similar phenomena like um, yes. you found they are not psychologically safe yes. and you found some clues in your organization? How do you yes. recognize that phenomenon? And how do you improve that? Yes. Uh, number one, I've seen it before. Not my current organization, by the way. Uh, mm -hmm. but, 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 but I've seen it before. Uh, number one, mm -hmm. when people 
who has spoken before, human beings learn by uh, quiet assimilation. There's something called they assimilate how uh, these are these are the subconscious codes of learning for human beings. Uh, mm-hmm. There are subconscious ways that we are not even aware that we are reacting to the environment. When an organism is punished for a certain behavior, the other organisms in the colony, and, and I'm using these words deliberately because this is slightly evolutionary. You notice this among rats, among goats, among cows, all the way to homo sapiens, which are human beings. You will notice this gradation across the animal kingdom. When a certain animal or a certain member of a colony is punished mm-hmm. and other members of the colony take note and they adjust their behavior. Yeah. This happens, like I said, from rats all the way up. So let's come to offices and human beings are my experience. I have seen this many times. Mm-hmm. I have seen this many, many times. Once people speak before and in the preceding, in the next uh, few days, whether consciously or unconsciously, something bad happens to those who have spoken, the other persons on the till don't want to say anything. Mm. People just rein it in. And people learn, they watch, people watch what you do more than what you say. People don't even know that they are watching what you're doing. There are many psychological experiences and many experiments that affect. People watch what you do, not what you say. Yeah. yeah. Number two. So, so, yeah, so, 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 so if, if you're victimizing people indirectly for speaking up, people notice and, and then they begin to ask, adjust. The other thing is the body language and not the speech of the exec. And that is, I'm interlinking, that's the second point. The -hmm. body language of top management, especially especially that sets the tone for culture. You see, organizational climate and cultures are set by the top. Culture comes Mm -hmm. from the top, either directly or indirectly. So the culture of not being psychologically safe that that you see in an organization, in my experience, is predicated from the top. Mm-hmm. Is 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 it's typically precedented from the top. There is a precedence. Mm. So so I've mentioned three things. I've mentioned observation and subconscious habits. Once somebody speaks up or a group speaks up and they are punished. People don't want to, you know, talk anymore. Number yeah. two, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah. number two, number two, leadership is another mm. reason why that happens. The disposition of leadership. And number three, linked to that, is the culture that is setting the climate, also coming from leadership. So the culture mm-hmm. of the organization, the climate of the organization, those two things are slightly different, but they are almost along the same line, the climate you have in an organization is a symptom of the culture and the culture typically typically is driven from senior management or execs. Another mm-hmm. one another one are the subcultures within the teams. If you have a team where uh, people are punished for speaking or people 
feel their voices are not heard and all of that, they will stop speaking or they will stop being open. Another one is uh, the feeling of inclusion and belonging. Mm-hmm. Inclusion is that my voice is heard, my opinion is valued, belonging yeah. is I feel at home. <laughs> so there's a positive correlation between inclusion, belonging on the other side, and how much people are open and willing to speak up, especially in psychological safety, my experience. Where there is low belonging, low inclusion, people will not generally speak up because people want to protect themselves and behave in a way that will be the best for their career and their future. So people tend to figure out whether I'm wanted here or I'm not wanted here. And it's a simple, and, and there are myriads of factors. There are also what you call psycho, different levels of psycho office bullies who bully people as, and, and they're just individuals who have gathered influence or they use style to gather influence. And I meet them all the time in my work real hard bullies who had tackle and bully people down because they want mm. to be the most prominent in the group. Now, in many organizations, many leadership teams lack managerial courage to deal with those things so that people can be more psychologically safe. Particularly mm. high-performing managers, are in that, there are many high-performing managers who are psychological bullies and psycho-emotional bullies who don't allow people to express themselves or who don't embody psychological safety. Now, because they are performing well and because of their performance, management or executive teams lack the managerial courage to, uh, to address that behavior because they don't want them also discouraged from productivity and delivery. Because of that, management now refuses to tackle that behavior. And that's a major problem too, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your experience is very brilliant. Yeah, you also uh, remind me of my um, my past experience. Yeah, because I have ever uh, met similar situations, as you said. Yeah, there was once a manager uh, who uh, used to insult his members publicly. Yeah, so um, when... Yeah, but at the time, I just tried to um, integrate the Scrum framework in their team. I, I want to improve their working process and boost yeah. their development efficiency. But I found the manager always try, always try to insult, um, public, uh, insult people publicly, and um, other members tend not to propose their ideas. Even the manager. That's not nice. Mm-hmm. Even the manager encouraged them to do so. Mm. They I not to do so. So at the time, I feel very, um, uh, I feel very uh, disappointed with the situation because as a as a scrum master, I always uh, wanna uh, want people to um, share their um, their ideas, uh, no matter bad or good, to to others because this would enable. Uh, an atmosphere of continuous improvement because their voice are heard even and they might not be implemented. But at least we heard it. If, if, if their suggestions are great, we could um, formulate the corresponding plans to improve their working model to make them better. But as you said, if the top management 
um, does not build a psychologically safe place for people to do this. Just is that uh, uh, they focus on what you do. They don't focus on what you said, right? Mm. So um, I think the culture is very important for uh, for the age of transformation to mm-hmm. succeed. Yeah. So um, let's make a simple conclusion. A team with higher psychological safety performs better, right? If members feel psychologically safe, they are willing to provide a diverse perspectives to what they are seeing. And this enables sharing hidden problems in a team and further enables continuous improvement. But yeah. I think our audiences would want to know more. Is there a practical approach to fostering a psychologically safe workplace? Could you please share more ideas about this? Yes. Um, how do you treat feedback? Hmm? Treat how, feedback. Yes. How hmm. does management, do, do, I mean, how, what's, what's the behavior? Not what hmm. you say with your mouth. When, when your team members give you feedback of yeah. any type, how, how open are you to receiving their feedback? Mm-hmm. That's the first, first barometer, first way I will check, and, and first way of improving psychological safety. Mm. How do you behave towards feedback? That's the first one. Yeah. How yeah. is the behavior oh. in response towards feedback? Simple feedback, that's the beginning. Yeah. Whether constructive, whether non-constructive, how do you respond towards feedback? That's the first one. As a team, as an organization, and that's number number two. Uh, before I go to how you can foster, let me give about five points about um, about how to about how to uh, build psychological safety, receive feedback well. That that's the first one. Number two is that the feeling of belonging and inclusion must be fostered and engendered. Make people feel included their share of voice and their opinion counts and don't just hear what people have to say, but act on them or bring them into the conversations Why you may not be able to act on them at that time. But don't ignore, don't make people feel like they're just talking and nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's the second point. The third thing is that reward, reward, speak up philosophy. Reward it, celebrate it, let people feel valued and engaged. You see, when people care about your business, they will give you feedback about it. So reward when people give you feedback or they speak, reward it. Don't treat them as troublemakers. Not easy in some cases to do, but it's better to actually make them feel welcome and at home. That's Mm -hmm. the third thing I like to say about how to build psychological safety. The fourth thing is that mistakes are a normal part of learning. Do not heap too much pressure on rewarding punish on punishing mistakes. Mm-hmm. 
make mistakes part of your creative growth process, mm-hmm. not a punishable offense. Yeah. Not easy to do for many businessmen, particularly when the losses are tangible and they affect your lines, your lines of business. Not easy to do, but think about it when employees know that they can dare big things for you. Just think about the potential for success. And after a while, remember, not everyone leaves home to fail. I didn't come to work to make Andy angry. I didn't come to work to make Andy Enterprises fail. I came to work to succeed. I didn't come to work to break things up. No, that's the way the average person also thinks. The other part is learning and development. Coach, mentor, teach, and train. 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 Facilitate. Um, Give people capabilities to deliver. Strengthen their delivery capabilities. Strengthen their delivery capabilities. Strengthen their delivery capabilities. Strengthen it double, double. Make them superior performance machines. Mm -hmm. If people are failing in an area, make it repeated development in that area. And and if if you were if you had a problem with a mathematical sum or a particular model, you don't run away from it. No, no, no. You do more. You do it more. You do it more. You expose people to those exercises the more. And lastly, you need to pay attention to psychological safety and develop a curriculum, a management curriculum. And I use the word curriculum for lack of expression. You must uh, plan and calibrate. You you must do some intentional work in psychological safety. There are four types or four dimensions of psychological safety. There is within teams or four quadrants of psychological safety. There's learner safety, collaborator safety, challenger safety, inclusion safety. Across Mm -hmm. all these four areas or quadrants, you must have a way of measuring and calibrating. You calibrate it on on, uh, learner safety, on collaborator safety, on inclusion safety, what are our scores? And let the team score themselves. Let everybody do do a survey and score and do this every quarter and check Mm -hmm. the scores and investigate. Let people give you anonymous responses and calibrate your pathway. Are we at learner safety 1.0? Are we at learner mm-hmm. safety 2.0? Are we at learner safety 3.0? Of course, that means that you know what learner safety means. That mm-hmm. means your team members also know what learner safety would mean. It means that as a group, you know what learner safety is and you are willing to own it as an organization. Same for inclusion safety. Same for uh, uh, learner safety, inclusion safety, Uh, There were four of them I actually quoted earlier on. Make sure that you know enough about each of them. Collaborator safety, challenger safety, learner safety, inclusion safety. You must, and and this is not the exhaustive four. What Mm -hmm. other kinds of safety are needed in your line of business? And you may want to calibrate this against your ideal business profile. 
if if your team is supposed to have an inclusion safety level that is 7.0 but you are operating as a team by the time you did your survey at 5.0 you know there's a gap and do something to address the gap and then measure back in about three to six months but you must do something about safety you cannot ignore it or mm -hmm. or think that's going to spring up by itself there must be you must apply intentionality and deliberateness in a meaningful way that's calibratable and business and link safety and psychological safety to business results and show that link clearly because only people who are psychologically safe can give you results. Yeah. Those are my, my few points about how to build psychological safety across your teams. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you get several um, critical, critical points that I, I think I should give you some. Yeah, this is another way of handle the guest feedback. Yeah, you mentioned the first point, how, how a management handles the employee's feedback. I feel um, I'm tot I totally uh, agree with this idea because uh, you know uh, now I'm a product manager in my team, but I also coach them how to do the how to do the Scrum framework. There is an event spread retrospective in this framework, and um, because we we encourage people to um, provide any suggestions in in this uh, in this ceremony. So yeah, by the definition of Scrum retrospective, we review. The process, we review, we review the tools, we review interaction and individuals. There are there are there are primary four aspects of four aspects in this ceremony. And we, we will list the goodness, the badness, and what should be kept, and the corresponding plan to improve the bad part. So when we will uh, draw a four times four table on a whiteboard. And I would set a clear norms and expect and expectations for the members to to write down their suggestions and stick them on a board. And then we will uh, populate all the items on a board uh, um, from top to bottom and left to right to iterate all the sticky notes our members um, have mentioned. That's the way we handle their feedback. And and especially for the bad color, we will formulate right away the improvement plan for what I um, for what I complain about. That's that's the uh, the approach we handle their their feedback. Yeah. So that's that, and and I think in I think important you mentioned that reward speak up philosophy. Yeah. Yesterday I just. Um, had a spiritual perspective with my uh, with my members, and because today uh, I had to <laughs> I had to co-host the episode with you, so I investigate the related uh, videos and topics, and then I um, I um, I mentioned the term psycho psychological safety. So with my members, I said um, I always encourage you to voice out anything bad or good in this session because 
um, we have to uh, point out any hidden problems from within your minds. And that's the only way we could enable continuous improvement in our team. I know this would uh, uh, make them uh, respectful because I should always ensure their voice are heard and what I think is bad should be improved in this process, um, no, no matter um, just a little bad or really bad. Yeah. So um, anyone who just don't make um, deathful mistakes will not be punished. I, I mean, deathful mistakes is that uh, maybe uh, his mistakes cause a lot of um, money loss. That's 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 definitely mistakes. But other mistakes should be allowed because that's um, because those are inputs. That's those are revenue to our continuous improvement journey. I always encourage that. But uh, to avoid the deadfall mistakes from from happening, we will uh, set several thresholds to avoid. Uh, these situations happen. That's how we handle that. And we allow mistakes to be made along the process because I know that's the only way uh, we could um, uh, boost our team performance and we could uh, become open-minded we could become open-minded to any questions. Yeah. And one thing you mentioned, I totally agree. Coach, mentor, teach, and train. Once again, coach, mentor, teach, and train. Because, yeah, as an actual coach, we, we, we should know not all members uh, know the process in just one time. We should repeat the process again and again. And then uh, invite the, this element and become their own, uh, become their own element in mind. And they could self-organize this process on their own mm-hmm. until they know until uh, they no, no longer need us. That's my hope. <laughs> yeah, so um, so my approach is um, first establish clear norms and, expect, and expectations in whatever um, scrum ceremonies, especially in spring retrospectives. And we will respond productively, set corresponding plan for improvements, not just say, oh, I heard your voice, but we don't do anything. That's wrong. We should do something to um, to respond to their requirements and actively invite input with open-minded questions. For example, how do you think about a result, or what is your thought on this problem? These these are open open questions to help to intrigue more conversations among people, among uh, members, and uh, uh, between uh, me and our. Uh, members, uh, instead of why don't you do this or do that, make it happen, or I think the idea is stupid. Uh, I always avoid this question because this question will make uh, people feel ashamed about themselves. And as, uh, as time uh, goes by, they not to provide any suggestions. They tend to um, shut up, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, so okay, so let's make a small summary about our conversation. We have mentioned a definition of psychological safety, some tough experience we went through in our career paths. The reason 
why it is so important and some practical approaches that audiences or that audiences could apply. I really appreciate I, I, I really appreciate it that that it could take uh, your time here to express your ideas about the topic, as well as the experience of building psychological safety with us. I also encourage anyone who has similar situations to comment below, share you, your experience with us, and subscribe this channel. Maybe you have any other things to share? No, no, th th thank you so much for having me, Andy. Uh, I just want to tell everyone who is a team leader out there, a scrum master, agile coach, anyone yeah. who's an agilist across any particular um, industry or team organization, you will benefit more from your team having been psychologically safe. Yeah. 